Before the bloodbath begins, slither your way over to the host's socials. For the podcast, slash over to Twitter at the BHO underscore podcast. Instagram, the Baron's Hideout Podcast. Then stab over to Dean's Instagram at Dean of the Dead Hot Sauce. Listen to the show on your favorite apps and Patreon. Enjoy the sleigh and try to stay alive. For the next period of time, strap in as the hosts rip and tear at the unsuspecting guests, and which the their dark secrets and methods of the genre. In this bloodbath, no one gets out alive. This is within the barracks. Dean. Yes, this is Dean's third episode as co-host. I'm getting it, man. I'm starting to get it. I should say Dean of the Dead. Yes. <laughs> hey, whatever is easier. I'll get it me. eventually, man. I'll get it eventually. <laughs> uh, but today we have a very, very, very special episode over here on the Within the Barons part of the podcast. We have Tim Jacobus. I think I'm saying the last name right. Pretty close, Jacobus. Jacobus. Okay, I keep I keep going Jacobus. back back and forth between right. those ones, but um, thank you for correcting me because I am awful with names. So <laughs> anytime I mess up, just let me know. Um, but this is very very you know special to me and, and Dean. It's uh, kind of a, a frightful episode, if you will, because um, Tim is the legendary artist bit uh, behind all of the 1990s Goosebump books. Um, that I grew up with and fell in love with. Uh, watched the TV show a million times. It's still on Netflix, so I watched that as well. Um, and, you know, him has uh, been a part of my life for a while through the art. And um, Dean, um, I don't know if you want to uh, insert anything that you want to say uh, before we jump oh, into Oh, man, no, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Tim's work, man. I really resonate with all the colors and everything. You know, I'm a, I'm, I come from a family of artists, so, you know, the minute I saw the Goosebumps covers, I was just immediately drawn to them. You know, I'm, colors just, um, yeah, they, they do something. <laughs> yeah, is sure. there, there's a there's there's a there's a word, isn't there? When you when you can hear colors, I don't know what it is. It's like a it's like a certain word when you sort of I don't know. I'm a musician. I'm a bit on the spectrum, so <laughs> <laughs> a bit, a lot on the spectrum. But no, colors, yeah. but no, I, I'm I'm a huge huge fan of your work man a huge well huge thank fan. you it's very nice of all for both of you uh, uh much appreciated and uh you know the, the artwork was done a long time ago and the fact that you know here you are grown men and this still uh still finds a place in in your psyche and you still find it to, to be worth something uh that's great nothing better yeah and Absolutely i was better. oh sorry dean um no, i was no, actually no, i was, I was, I was gonna dean. say that was it <laughs> 30 years ago was it 92 was the first book i see yes uh um welcome to dead house july of 92 and uh wow. last month was our official 30th anniversary wow man yeah I that's crazy flies. yeah that's crazy yeah yeah that doesn't make any sense and um i was actually trying to find all of my goosebump books but i think i have them um at my mom's house right now because i was going to set them all up all the ones i had because i still have them and they're all in still really good condition and i was like damn it i couldn't find them in time but um yeah this is an absolute honor tim so thank you for taking time out of your oh, day thanks for the invite much appreciated yeah it, it, honestly i was surprised because um usually if i reach out to anybody with um um, a higher stature, you know, in the world of uh, whether art, horror, or anything. Usually, it takes a while for them to get back to me, but you were like, "Yeah, let's do it." So, um, yeah. it, it was that, awesome. <laughs> well, if there's a there's a break in the action, and I'm not, you know, if I'm not involved in something, sure, I'm I'm always willing to talk about this. Yeah, and it's awesome. And um, I guess before we really start jumping into um, how you got involved with Goosebumps, I always like to kind of take it back. 
um, with uh, anybody that we interview and, you know, see where it all began. Uh, were you always a fan of doing art? Was there an artist that inspired you when you were younger? Something you picked it up later in life? Like, um, tell us a little bit of, like, you know, how it, how it all began. Um, my, uh, my dad could draw. And um, when we were kids... Uh, he just he drew as not as as a professional or uh, you know as a, a as a, a career or anything like that, but he would use it as a way to communicate. So if he's you're at the dinner table and he's telling a story and then he goes, oh, you know what I'm thinking about doing? I'm going to build a deck on the back of the house. And then he'd flip over the napkin and then he'd get the pencil out and he'd go, and it'll look something like this. Oh wow. And, he had a, a a real good quick way of just getting things down on paper. And I thought that's how everybody should communicate because it was done for me. Then I started to do it as well. Um, it wasn't until I got a little bit older and started being exposed to other kids in the outside world. And I realized, Oh, not everybody does this. Um, so it started out primarily just as a communication tool um, and it really wasn't until I was way far into high school before I even, uh, discovered or somebody talked to me about a career, uh, in, you know, using my artistic abilities. It, art was just something that was fun or cool or just a, it was a side thing. Uh, no one in my family was in the art business. So um, I really did come by it kind of organically, naturally. Um, so that um, I think that had a lot to do with me staying interested in it. I think if it was, you know, hammered in on me too early yeah. on that, oh, you know, if you want to get into an art career, you have to be doing this by the time you're 11 and you got to be able to do, you know, that kind of stuff, I think would have burned me out pretty quick. Yeah. Can you can you remember what your first ever commission piece was? The first time you ever got paid to do a commission? Um would it have been like in high school? Back yeah, then? it was just, it was just, out of, it was right. It was just out of high school. Wow. Let me think. I got to think about it because I did, <laughs> I did so many things. Um, so I also started uh, playing with the airbrush and in the eight, you know, so uh, I'm in the high, I'm in high school in the late seventies going into the eighties and in the eighties uh, motorcycle tanks and painting vans is a big thing. And I had a friend who had a, a body shop and did that stuff. And he's like, man, if you can learn how to do some graphics on the tanks and on the vans, you know, there's some work here for you. So I'm trying to think if I did a motorcycle tank first, or if I did an actual painting first, I think I did a painting first. Um, it was a, it was a, an acrylic painting. Uh, I got 200 bucks for it. That was a lot of money. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. 200 cool. bucks. I, I was, I was rich. I was rich. <laughs> Yeah, but it was from, from, you know, a friend, somebody I had grown up with, uh, you know, thought my work was cool enough and thought it was worth paying $200 for. So, yeah, uh, 1978, maybe 79. That's awesome. You're always, you're always born 79. My grandfather <laughs> was my grandfather was a sign writer um, and he used to do the same. He used to do. Um, vans lorries old pub signs like way yep. back in the day you know just all, all but he was a fantastic artist um and i used to watch him in his garage when he used to draw and his hand was just so still i used to think how does he do it how does he get those lines so perfectly straight but yeah he was he used to do a lot of vans say pub signs big lorries buses all that kind of stuff yeah and that's again all these things are individual art forms uh, the, I got away from the, the vans and the motorcycle tanks. I was okay, but there were, there were people who really had that right. And like you say, the ability to do pinstriping and do mm. freehand lettering, that was oh, another, yeah. again, another yeah. art form. And I didn't quite have that. So I could do the cool little picture in the corner, but you know, I had to bring in other people if they wanted, you know, uh, pinstriping or, or hand yeah. lettering. So, uh, yeah, again, there's so many cool ways uh, to, to, to create, to, to make a living in the, in the art business. And uh, back then, it was so much fun because you got exposed 
to those people who, you know, who were really the, you know, the early pioneers. Uh, I, I worked with a guy, I painted a little illustration on a fire engine and nice. this guy could do the gold leaf lettering and, mm. and that's real gold. The, you know, the gold flakes would come out and yeah. I learned, you know, sat there and watched him for a whole day while he did his thing. And he sat and watched me while I did my thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, again, so many cool uh, uh, techniques and, and abilities that you just stumble upon. And a lot of them are lost. You know, those are, nobody hand paints letters anymore everything's vinyl and stick yeah. on and you know and and die cut so digitally uh, printed yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah that was his thing my granddad he was lettering was his thing and gold leaf as well you mentioned that he used to have books and books and books of it it's coming like a booklet form and he would sort yeah of yeah it on. yeah that was his and thing yeah twist it and yeah they had to he had those mm. little use a q-tip and a swirl or he used a, a oh, rubber yeah. again i forget what he did but it was all you know it was all mind-blowing very cool that's funny too because my dad he he works on cars and um he also knows how to draw like he's a really good artist he dropped it uh about maybe 10 years ago he used to just kind of do it on his free time he's he has this really nice like um horse paintings that he did like right out of a book but then he like exaggerated it and, and made it more lifelike and um i always wanted to learn to draw um when i was younger but i just i dropped it because of school and a bunch of other things that i really got into music but talking about, you know, um, doing all the pinstriping, he actually still does that by hand on cars that he works on, and it comes out great. He's like the only person around here that, that still does that stuff. But with the lettering and everything, yeah, he usually just does vinyl. But if he can do a pinstripe at any any point, he will. Um, yeah, I, I, so I wish cool. that he still um, was, like, you know, under the mantle of, of drawing, but uh, he's, uh, he's gotten too busy in life. <laughs> Um, but I do want to ask, um, since we're on the topic of, you know, you growing up and, and, you know, working on other projects, was there an artist that was inspiring you, um, that, uh, to do these certain things or is it kind of this, um, what you wanted to do, um, and during, no, you get, you, you, like you, you, you find people along the way and, um, when, again, when I was in high school, uh, when we listen to music, it was on albums, album yeah. covers were where the, you know, that was the place where you saw all the current hot illustrators because albums were coming out incredibly quick. It was that nice 12 by 12 format. So you could get it, you know, they could do some real nice illustrations. Then if it was a, you know, a double spread, you could have double that art. And, uh, you know, all of us had massive uh, album collections. So that's where you kind of discovered where all the cool artists were. There was a guy named Roger Dean, uh, who did all the album covers for a band called Yes. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. And I was just from the moment I saw his art, I was totally sucked in and uh I, I i had a couple of pieces back when i was in high school and uh um i tried to recreate his art at the beginning and it was it was awful just <laughs> awful but you know but i you know the thing about his art that kind of set me off was okay when you're at the beginning you're learning to draw you're kind of drawing what you can see or what you know and his his uh, visions were always these fantastical places and environments and landscapes and creatures and just stuff that doesn't exist. And I was like, mm. yeah, that's where I got to get, I, you know, it's great to be able to draw, you know, the tree that's outside the window, but you got to be able to take it farther than that to really get people's attention. So uh, yeah, I, I was, and I still am a huge fan of uh, Roger Dean. Wow. And he's still out there today. He's, you know, he's, uh, he's getting up there in years, but he's still putting stuff out and you, know, you can see him on social media and uh, still a, a monster, monster talent. Oh man. The yes, the yes album um, artworks, uh, uh, sorry, the yes album cover artworks were fantastic, man. I, I used to love all those. I, I was actually a re really good friends, was really good friends with um, Steve Howe's son. Wow. No kidding. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 I used to work with him. 
I'm a musician myself and he was a DJ, so I used to see him all the time. And then we got chatting about it, and then he mentioned yes, and I was like, Oh my god, I fucking love yes, man. Yeah. And then, yeah, and so yeah, man. But I do I love I love I love those covers, yeah. And I can kind of see the you know, the inspiration, you know, from what you do. Yeah, there's only right, there's yeah. a little, there's a little, you know, of course everybody influences you, but yeah, yeah, you can there's I have certain pieces of art where you just go, Oh yeah, that's a that's a, there it is. You can see it. Yeah. Was it was it kind of your aim to kind of help kids appreciate and get into reading based on art? Because obviously, the, the, I think the Goosebumps series, I think it was originally aimed at girls, right? Was it Correct. originally aimed? At- yeah, in the in the nineties, uh, early nineties, there was no boy market. Um, the boys weren't interested, and in it. it was mostly because they didn't put anything out geared towards them. They they read comic books, uh, but mm. uh, you know, actual you know chapter books as we'll call them uh yeah. there it was a non-existent market so wow. yeah goosebumps at the beginning was uh was was aimed towards girls but you guys jumped in there real quick <laughs> and, uh, they changed the direction pretty fast once uh you know there was just endless number of moms calling you know thank you so much you know my son never picked up a book and now he's he's begging me to go down to the bookstore to get the latest goosebumps now to your original question no i i had i didn't even make the connection between oh my art might help kids learn to read it completely went over my head mm. i didn't get into it to uh, for the kids market i thought i would just be an adult uh, book person and you know uh, again all I wanted to do was get my art on the cover yeah. and over mm. the years between in the 90s having moms and or dads come up to me and and thank me to now you guys are grown up and <laughs> you coming and telling me yourself that hey listen I you know I couldn't read worth a damn and then <laughs> goosebumps came along and I just you know jumped right in that's that's such an unbelievable byproduct that mm. I didn't even think of. And it's probably, it's probably the most important thing that we could have done is, you know, help a, a, a generation to, to read. So uh, mm. total, total accident, but one of the most valuable parts of what I've done. It, it definitely worked. <laughs> it definitely worked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so now I guess we can kind of go on to the road of how you got involved with um, doing the art for Goosebumps. Uh, was it something, did you uh, get in touch with R.L. Stein or did uh, somebody see a piece of your art and were like, hey, we need to get Tim to draw on our covers? Yeah, um, the I had worked with the people at Scholastic for a couple of years. Okay. Um, I, I had been in the business for a little while, not, not a long time. Um, and um, I had done a couple of uh, kids books. They weren't horror books. You know, they were just geared uh, books geared towards kids, like adventure books. And um, I had proven myself to be uh, responsible and consistent dependable um you know not that I was some monster talent or anything like that they just you know they knew that you know my I if you gave me something I was you know I was going to get it done on time and they'd like what they got from me uh when Goosebumps came along RL was already an established you know he was a dude you know he had a name he was doing Beer Street and other stuff and he was had a uh, you know he was famous uh, me being as ignorant as I was, they told me, oh, you're going to work with R.L. Stein," And I was like, okay. <laughs> I didn't know who he was. <laughs> so, uh, you know, of course I was like, oh, that's great. You know, feigned like I knew what I was doing. And um, so, um, yeah, they, so, and they only thought Goosebumps was going to be a couple of books. You know, they, they were unsure about it because, of the you know again thinking it might be too scary for uh the kids seven to eleven years old no one had tried horror books for that uh age group and uh so when i when they approached me about it they said yeah we're not sure if this is going to go anywhere um we think this is going to be either four books or six books probably four and we're not sure if you're going to be the 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 
full-time artist. We're going to let you do book number one, Welcome to Dead House. And we're going to let this other guy named Jim Thiessen do book number two, which was Stay Out of the Basement. And I knew Jim, uh, I, you know, I don't know if Jim knew me at the time, but I, I knew him. I had met him a couple of times, you know, hanging around town and um, a talent, super talented guy, but he had done other horror stuff. So they were trying two things, you know, I'll, Tim doesn't do horror and, you know, we like his, you know, we like his approach and his exaggerated art and just Jim knows what the hell he's doing. So let's, let's try this. So they, we did the first two books and they decided on my art strictly, well, not strictly, but um, the color uh, that I used on that first book made them go, oh yeah, you know what? These um, vibrant colors. Oh yeah take the edge off you know these aren't as scary as uh, yeah i mean go ahead pull up you know stay out of the basement and those were more muted colors and more dramatic and they're like yeah let's go with the sub you know let's go with the color palette that's less scary so um, yeah so i got to do you know then when the third book came along and i if i remember right the third book was say cheese and die that's when it kind of clicked with me what we were doing you know yeah the first uh welcome to dead house that was kind of a, a very typical horror story yeah say cheese and die you're already laughing as soon as you do you read the the title yeah. and then, <laughs> you know then we start screwing around and it's you know a family of skeletons having a barbecue so we know, you know that's when i was like oh i get it it's humor it's horror it's both somewhere between there and um uh and then we were just we were we started to roll from there wow was you a, was you a horror fan was you a fan of the horror genre or did you just kind of no i wasn't i was i was so not that guy so yeah. uh when i was a kid i was the kid who when our parents dropped us off at the movie theater to watch a horror movie I'd be the guy who would last 15 minutes and then go to the pay phone <laughs> and call his mom and say, mom, come and get me. I can't, I can't oh, wow. do this. <laughs> That's great. We definitely weren't those kids. Maybe that, you know, maybe I've been only trying to scare myself all these years. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I love the feeling of being afraid. And I think that's what really drew me yeah. towards the horror movies and especially, you know, the goosebump books, because yeah, there there was no fear in those books, and especially when the TV show came around, um, it, it was pretty scary. But it was just enough for you to not want to put the book down, and also the covers, like just alone, you don't even care what the story was about. You just look at the cover and be like, "I want that one because the art on this is awesome." It's true, yeah, and uh, buy that's all eyes, because of you. that's so cool well you know i I, there i am telling you that i you know i was not the bravest kid in the world but if there had been goosebumps and i read them i it might have been the thing that would work for me because again when you're reading a book it's it's your imagination you're you're the one who's letting whatever happens they're not throwing those images at you like they do in a movie you're in control so you can imagine it whatever you want to imagine and again those books always had just enough humor in there they would take the edge off and uh, uh again the encouragement to reading uh you know the hooks at the end of every chapter yeah so um you know the the structure was real good and yeah maybe that would have really hit home for me i don't know and that, that can you... actually. I'm oh, sorry. Do you want to ask something? No, man. You go. You go. Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I just wanted to ask. Um, when you were coming up with the album covers, um, not the album covers, the book covers. Sorry. Um, were you just giving a title, or did they give you the the book itself for you to read through it to draw ideas from to make the cover right. art? So RL was writing the book at the same time I was doing the cover. Oh. So. He he doesn't start writing his book until he comes up with the title. So I would always get a title. And then depending on, you know, how backed up we were, I'd get anything from a few paragraphs about what the book was about to as little as two sentences. Oh, about wow. What the book was about. So um, and 
Now it sounds like, oh, that's bad. That's kind of good. Um, if I, if you gave me the whole book to read, I would read the whole book and then I would feel very compelled to put in all those details that were hammered home in the book. But if you keep it general, then I can go to town and do all the things on the art that will just make it better art. And I think that was a, I think that was a real advantage to what we were doing. Oh, wow. Okay. Once you kind of got that rough outline of what you're supposed to be painting, like how did you kind of creatively get in a zone for that? Do you have like a kind of um, like a mantra, like a set routine, like listen to music or? Yeah, always, always music. A hundred percent. That's never stopped over the years. Um, uh, uh, Always, you know, so back then it was, you know, uh, either cassettes or albums. That's a pain in the ass because albums run out every 20 minutes. So you had to keep getting up and down. It wasn't too effective. Um, But yeah, always loved to to have music playing and usually, you know, going back to what we talked about with the band. Yes. That kind of music really resonated with me. The long form music. There may be only one song on the whole side of the album, you know, 20 minute songs that works for you because Creating art isn't a sprint, you know, so a three minute song is just a little too intense. So the long form song, something that just kind of jams and meanders maybe a little bit is a, is way better for being for me uh, to, to be creative. So, um, yeah, I would throw on some music and uh, I would start with pencil sketches. King Crimson, bit of Pink Yeah, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Progressive rock, man, yeah. Yeah, you gotta love that. I love progressive (laughs) rock. That's awesome. Uh, Was you like a kind of, was you, when 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 you're working, when you're doing your work, was you, are you a morning guy or are you sit up all night kind of artist you know sit up through the early into the graveyard shift or that's a really good question because we're all one or the other you know you're yeah, either, I'm a morning guy uh, I am 1000 percent a morning guy oh wow and yeah and I, I never so got away morning. from it and even today uh well not just today but for since my kid was three, he's 24, you know, 20 years, uh, I've been getting up at 4am and starting my day. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I prefer those early morning hours before anybody else is up. There's no emails coming in. There's no phone calls. There's no one else in the house is ever up. And you just have, you know, all your time to get your day started, get your head going. And I usually sit down and get working pretty quick. So yeah. those those hours from, let's say I sit down at 4.30 or 5 um, until people are starting to be at work, which is 9, that, that's a lot of hours. And yeah. those are really great creative hours. And you can get a lot done in that morning. Come the end of the day, I'm running out of gas, you know. <laughs> Once I, you know, once I eat my dinner, I can sit back down for a little while longer, but I'm done. So, uh, yeah, early morning. Love it. I totally feel you, man. I'm exact. I'm I'm exact. I'm a musician. So I actually, a lot of musicians work because obviously we used to go out, we gig really late at night, get back yeah. to eating. Yeah. But when I'm, if I'm creating anything, I'm writing music or um, I do a lot of writing as well, like creative writing always early morning four or five o'clock in the morning that's when I'm switched on and I'm like you say you know the work the rest of the world's asleep and it's just you and that that it's just so peaceful and I, that's when I find I'm more creative you know come two three o'clock in the morning I'm that's tv time <laughs> right oh uh, yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's when I'm just yeah I'm slack jaw and just sitting there <laughs> the other part of it uh, about getting up in the morning and uh there's there's books about this shit so uh, it's not that i'm i'm inventing any of it but when you get up early like that you're not fully out of your dream state yet. exactly and yeah. you know yeah. you're not fully awake you're awake and you're moving around you know it's not a good idea to go pay your bills at that time uh but uh <laughs> boy it, it's it's a good time to just let your brain kind of is still in that that mushy you know that mushy mm-hmm. area and uh yeah you can come up with some really great ideas at those hours oh yeah i used to be um, a night owl not so much i think it's mainly because of my jobs and also i have a four-year-old son so that really you know 
kind of uh, made me turn things around, having to be up early and try to sleep as much as I possibly can really um, influenced me. But yeah, mornings, um, as much as I complain about them most of the days, um, but I really do enjoy being up early and just, uh, you know, starting my day and getting off on the right foot is another really important thing. So if you can do that earlier on, um, that's, that's yeah, there's a, that, that's a, that's another, that's another really important thing is when you first, if you can get your ass out of bed at four or five o'clock in the morning, you can always, you right then and there, you can check, you know, check a box and go, I already did something. I dragged yeah. my ass out of bed at, at that hour. Then mm-hmm. anything you do at the beginning there, you're already checking boxes going, shit, I got this done. I got this done. I got yeah. this done. And you're getting all that stuff done before anybody else even is, you know, even starting to 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 rumble. So, um, yeah, for senses for that overall sense of accomplishment that is very important when you're in a creative uh, field because it's easy to go, oh, what the hell did I do all day? Well, yeah, you can, you know, if you can say, hey, man, I did I did all of this. It's super helpful, and you it keeps you from getting down on yourself too. exactly and yeah you, you know go all right wait a minute wait a minute you know you can't go oh i haven't finished a painting in a long time it's like well that's not the important part the important part you did all these things and and, and keep yourself aware of that so you always know and will always feel like you're moving forward Definitely. Exactly. It just, it's, I know we're kind of going off the beaten track, but it, it makes me laugh because <laughs> it reminds me of something as, so my, my daughter, she's, uh, she's turning 16 and uh, she doesn't live with me. She lives with her mum. <laughs> and I was, we, we, she, it's her birth, well, she, uh, it's her 16th birthday this Thursday coming. Wow. Um, and I, and I, I called her up today and I said, right, we're going to do something at the weekend. You know, I'll, I'll come and pick you up and we'll, we'll take you out. And I said, what time are you going to be up? And she was like, uh, I don't know, 12, midday, <laughs> one o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> it's like the day's nearly over. Yeah. What are we going to do then? You know, we can't, you know, we, but, you know, she's being, obviously she's a teenager. So that, yeah. <laughs> I was trying to cast my mind back. I was like, yeah, the, your day as a teenager does start at like one o'clock in the afternoon. But <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like, Sure. Yeah, but again, there's nothing. I I have no problem with people who do the night shift because I know there's plenty of creative people. Is that's when it kicks in for them, and they sleep kind of late and they wait get through the whole day and they're drowsy all day and then all the switches start to turn on yeah. when it gets to be evening and they plow late into the night and that's when yeah. they're at their best. So again, I think there's some hard wiring to that, and uh, yeah, that's funny because my kid is a. a, a you know, he's 180 degrees out from what yeah. I am, you know, he's, <laughs> he's gaming with his buddies at night. So there's plenty of mornings where we're passing, he's going to bed <laughs> and I'm waking up at 4 a.m. It's like, all right, don't even bother <laughs> shutting off the lights. People must think it's crazy over here. <laughs> That's great. That's brilliant. Um, so kind of leading back over to Goosebumps, um, for the all the covers that you have done, do you have a favorite that you that you're always like, yeah, that's that's like my a, masterpiece right there. Like a top five, maybe. Or you can do a yeah, top five. It, yeah, top five is yeah, good. It, we're, we're, that's probably better because I, when people ask, I'll, I'll, there's ones that I talk about on a regular basis, but then I'll go back every once in a while and go, oh yeah, I forgot about that one, and I like that one. That one's yeah. really cool too. So, um, let's try to get a let's try to get a uh, a top five. There's a lot. Um, yeah, there's a lot, but uh, one that I like, and I know a lot of people like just due to the way uh, I sell prints, uh, A Day at Horrorland. Yeah, that, was, that, was like that one really iconic. Yeah, yeah that one really worked for me. Uh, it was a little bit different. You know, the whole idea that, you know, it's the sign out front of the Horrorland and Horrorland is way off in the distance. It's not that in your face thing like um uh, uh you know the haunted mask is you know it's mm-hmm. it's a little subtler and it's more of a, a more of a classic illustration um i like um how i got my shrunken head oh, okay Just yeah that's you know i again so there'll be the when um when uh, there were uh, images or descriptions of covers that I was like, well, 
all right, I kind of get it, but I don't know where the scary part is. That's when I started to play with the perspective of the room and really distort it so that the the setting itself became dreamlike or twisted or, you know, trippy, whatever words you want to use. So the, the, the uh, how I got my shrunken head has that. And um, another one that I like a great deal is Egg Monsters from Mars. <laughs> yes. So, again, a ridiculous concept. And I was like, I don't know how this is scary. And then once I figured out how to come up with the the egg monster itself, then I distorted the kitchen. And then it all kind of happened on its own. So um, let's see what else. Um, I've always really, really liked uh, Monster Blood. That, that was always my favorite. Monster Blood. Well, the whole idea of the Monster Blood, you know, that one was fun because it was subtle. There is no monsters in that. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, just, it's just the stairs, the bloods, the green slimes coming down the stairs, and there's a you know just the glasses uh, are 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 in there. So yeah, that one was fun because that was again more subtle than a lot of the other pieces. Monster Blood Two uh, is the one that has uh, Cuddles the hamster yeah. in it, and that's always fun too, where you take something that is usually cute. And you just distort it until it's not cute anymore. Um, and then uh, to round it out would be um, the Curse of Camp Cold Lake. Okay, that's a good one too. Yeah, that's one of the later ones. But the you know the reflection in the water of the skull head and uh, the boat off in the distance. Yeah, that uh, that that one that has like that's classic horror uh in its field yeah i was actually just looking at that one too because i was just kind of running through like the ones i wanted to pick out and that one always stood out just because compared to the other ones i don't know that one always creeped me out the most yeah that one has a, a, a higher sure. creep factor and it has the, the stupid eyes that follow you wherever you go yeah and, uh, you know all that stuff uh, also the curse of the mummy's tomb was also really cool that's a, that's an awesome cover as well there's yeah, so like, many there's so many of them see and that was so that's uh, that was the real gift for me as an illustrator um because when you usually get on a series it's whatever the series is um if this was harry potter and i was the harry potter book artist every book would have harry potter have harry potter's friends the castle of this or that but they would all be this similar ongoing thing yeah goosebumps man it was a different monster in a different town with different kids and different 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 every story was completely different so i was as surprised as you guys were when i would get the sheet from them and go all right what are we doing this month and, <laughs> um, so it's the it's the overall abundance of uh subject matter and that's you know that's 100% R.L. Stein you know that's him just coming up with new stuff every time and he continues to do it today yeah he yeah. non-stop how, how long did you get to turn it around like when you were given the sheet you were given the the idea like how long um how long did you basically get to to get so we were in, in in the heyday we were doing the the books had to come out once a month so you know RL had the harder task. He had a whole book to write during that month. And uh, so he would get started. I would get the info and I could do my part in about a week, you know, uh, you know, uh, maybe a day and a half, two days for a day and a half for sketches. And then the rest of the week, 30 hours or so to to wrap up the painting and, and get it out the door. And, because we were on such a tight schedule, there weren't, so in the book business, there's usually a lot of, or, or anytime you do an illustrator, there's usually a lot of people in on it and they have lots of uh, comments and questions and corrections and, you know, like your, your art is, it becomes art by committee. Yeah. Uh, because we were going so fast, uh, it was basically, here's the painting. Oh, I like it. Start the next one. <laughs> Hurry up! Yeah. <laughs> so did you ever, uh, it was good. 
did you ever kind of turn in a piece of work or finish a piece of work and then Scholastic or Ariel Stein would go, mm, actually, we're not keen. So you'd have to kind of go back to the drawing board and start again. Or... Well, everything happened in, so they, everything was done in, uh, they would get three pencil sets of pencil sketches of, yeah. and they were rendered pretty nicely. So there was no, there wasn't a lot of mystery of what was going to happen when I got to the painting. Um, the only, the, the classic story that I tell often, the only one that uh, was a mandatory change was uh, Revenge of the Lawn Gnomes. Uh, if you're not familiar with it or the people listening, there's two gnomes on the cover. One guy has his arms folded. Yeah. And then the guy behind him is there scratching his head. In the original, the guy scratching his head was picking his nose. <laughs> yeah, every, yeah. When I, I turned it in, that. everybody's like, right on. That's so funny. Perfect, perfect. That's great. I, you know, this is great. And then right when we were getting ready to go to print, somebody who, uh, you know, somebody up the chain said, well, you know, we are putting these things in the scholastic book clubs and they're going directly into the schools. Somebody's going to say something. So how about we just, can you pull his finger out of his nose, please? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, so man. at the last minute, that's the, you know, that's all I had to do was move a finger. So if that's all the corrections you have to do, I, I did all right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, wow. I think I read that or, or heard that somewhere that story. Yeah, I, so, yeah. I told that one a couple of times, but uh, I, what I am upset about is I don't, I didn't get a reproduction of it the original way, you know, oh, with the man. finger up the nose. Yeah. I was going to say that. I, you know, I would be, I'd be using that one for sure. Oh yeah. Be, yeah. Selling prints of the original one with the finger <laughs> up the nose, man. That'd be great. What's the link with the Converse sneakers? Cause I know the, there's a lot of the, images that you painted have got this quite converse appear quite often yeah so um mostly it was at the beginning it was totally me entertaining myself mm. um they you know those were sneakers that um you know me and my friends wore um i still oh nice yeah so it's not it's not like a pretend thing i just I just wore them all the time and at the beginning, it was kind of like, oh, I'm putting my sneakers in there. You know, that's <laughs> that's what it was yeah. at the beginning. And uh, then uh, I used to always either get a copy of the book or go to the store and buy a, a copy. And I gave them to my mom. So she had her own set of, uh, of Goosebumps books. And, you know, my mom was sweet, you know, just, I'll, you know that's so cool. You know, I'm so proud of you stuff. Awesome. But every time those sneakers popped up, she'd go, Oh, and there's those stinking sneakers. <laughs> so, you know, so it was, uh, again, it was, uh, a, a, a also in the long run, it became a way for me to torment my mom. So oh, wow. That's really funny. <laughs> that's excellent. You should do like a goosebumps collaboration with converse or. Yeah, that would that be cool. Uh, that would yeah. be, I, you know, I, you know, uh, that would be great. That would be fun. Yeah, it would be. That would be a really good one. I'm surprised they haven't reached out to you. Yeah, yeah truck load of sneakers. Hell, though. I would have taken a free pair of sneakers. You know, <laughs> that would have been nice. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I've been I've been buying these things for like forty years now, and it'd be it'd be really nice to get a free pair. I think am I right in thinking that R.L. Stein sold more books than Stephen King? Did I read that right somewhere? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's one hundred percent true. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, he's he sold. Let me. I think I'll get this right. He's he sold almost or over four hundred million books and three hundred and eighty million or three hundred and fifty million or goosebumps something some yeah, breakdown it's a ridiculous along those number. lines. It's that's it's insane, sick. It's, it, it's absolutely sick. You know, yeah, and that's awesome. And then they do that thing where if they were laid end to end, they go around the planet twice or some. You know, yeah. it's it's nuts. It's absolutely yeah. nuts. Does that blow your mind that your artwork is just yes, yeah, yes, yes. Not even it's it it never that all of this, all of this, all of this is something that I I you know. I I think I appreciate more than anybody that, you know, here we are 30 years later and we're still talking about this. Yeah. This should have been this should have been over and done with. 
And the fact that it's something that almost everybody in your uh, in your generation, you can just say it and everybody knows it and they know oh, yeah, of a yeah. copy or they know a lot of copies. You know, I can flip up any one of my things and people go, I know the name of that. Yeah, That's yeah. it's mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. Well, it was kind of there's a it was kind of it breathed new life into it with the whole Jack Black movie as well. That kind of you that know too, yeah. sure did we might not have known much about Goosebumps. We were introduced to it through that movie, perhaps I don't know, like a new generation. Um, which incidentally, what did you think of his portrayal of R.L. Stein? It's kind of a bit of a mismatch, I think, but he really pulled it off. <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. Uh, when so. When Goosebumps was hot in the 90s, there was talk of, oh, there's going to be a Goosebumps movie. And they never got off the ground. You know, they kind of get it. You get some excitement and then it would die off. Um, Tim Burton was supposed to do it at one time. Oh, yeah, that would have been cool. Yeah, all all of them sounded good, but they, they it just never I don't you know, I don't I was never close enough to know what the what the reason was that it never went all the way through. But so when I started to hear the rumors about, uh, you know, something coming out, it, you know, in the, the late, you know, 2000 and, you know, 15, 17, whatever year it came out, I'm going, no way. Like okay. we couldn't do it in the heyday. This shit's not happening now. Yeah. <laughs> and And then uh, I ran into, you know, I went to an event and RL was there. And he's like, yeah, this is, it's really happening. And, and I'm going, I, I'm reading, you know, Jack Black. And he goes, yeah. And I was just going, <laughs> I, you know, I was like, I got worried because, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we have this thing that everybody still likes. Is he going to be, you know, is, is Jack Black going to turn this into something else? Or is the idea to turn this into something else? My whole thing was, man, I hope they don't mess it up. Yeah, that's yeah, all. Exactly. You know, I don't care. I'm not, get, you know, I'm not making any money off of this. Just don't wreck it. Exactly. And, um, and I, you know, and again, as we got closer, I'm going, I know, you know, I've seen uh, Jack Black uh, as an actor. I love him. You know, he, he's fun. He's funny. Yeah. I, I, I love, you know, Tenacious D, all of that stuff. I think it's yeah. wild. Yeah. But I also know who Bob Stein is and they aren't even close to one another. And yet when the movie rolled in and he started to play it, he just went, oh, that, that works. Oh, that really yeah. works. Right, so yeah, yeah. Um, I, there was a, uh, it was a, a nice surprise. Uh, it was yeah. a great thing. What I like about it is it's also its own thing. Yeah. And yep. you can appreciate, like, even if you knew nothing about Goosebumps, you could enjoy that. And if you were a huge Goosebumps fan, there was nothing in there where you went, oh, that sucks. You know, blah, blah, they should have done that or why they do that or, you know, it was all it was all right there. So, yeah, I was I enjoyed it very much. I agree. I really enjoyed the movie. I've actually watched it multiple times, but I still watch the TV show. Because it's still it's still on oh, Netflix, I and I watched it all t- I watch it with my my four year old son, and he loves it. So like I'm even breathing, you know, goosebumps into his life now. And well, that's actually, what it is. It's, it's the multiple books. generation thing. Yeah, yeah. See? I'm a I'm a 43 year old man, and I watch it on my own. I don't even watch it on my own. So I love it. <laughs> yeah. But 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 you got to admit, it's way better watching the TV show on Netflix now than back then because yes. in the 90s that was state of the art. That was that was as good as TV got. Now you're watching it going. My God, what did they have? Fourteen dollars to make an yeah. episode? These are so like it's so bush league. But and then the dialogue, you just start laughing. You're like, oh yeah, that's how they thought everybody talked. Okay, yeah, yeah, that's funny. Oh, I love, I love, I love because there's some like oh, it was an actor popped up in one the other day. I think it was Ryan Gosling, like yes, a young yes, yes, Ryan yeah. Gosling. I was like, yeah, you'll be surprised. Ryan Gosling, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, but a lot, of, a lot of old shows you see, um, you know, big name actors now, and like all these old shows, like X Files had people in it, and you know, Goosebumps yeah. had people in it. And now they're they're big stars. Yeah, um, yeah. My, my son, he loves Slappy. So anytime Slappy's there, he has a um, the first book with him in it, and he, he loves it. I read it to him. 
probably like once a week because that's the other thing is like they're so digestible the books that you can just fly right through them and it's yes. easier for him to understand too so um that's that's another thing i, I always really loved about the books because you could get it done with one in like an hour if you really wanted to yes exactly. and then just stare at the cover <laughs> uh this kind of leads me to um another question too because uh, you do sell all the prints online is there one that sells more than the others? Um, so, uh, yes. Well, I don't, I don't, I don't keep exact numbers, but I know, you know, you just know every day you're when you're filling orders. It's, yeah. it's, uh, a day in Horrorland, I believe is the, is the top one. Second one is the haunted mask. Yeah. Third one is Slappy. Oh wow! Nice, nice. Yeah. Those yep. are ones that you. And then after that, to, yeah. and then after that, it drops off real hard and fast. And it could be any of them. You know, <laughs> the rest of them all fall in some other area. But those, those three, all the time. All do you ship? The, do you ship them overseas, Tim? Do I don't because it's such a burn. You know, like I, the posters don't cost much, but the the shipping is yeah. Shipping yeah. double or triple. You know, like I. I feel awful to go, oh yeah, here's your, you know, here's your $20 poster and you owe me, you know, $45 for me yeah. to ship it to you. That's terrible. Yeah. So I did it for a while and then I, I stopped just because it was, <laughs> it hurt my heart. Yeah, I feel that, man. I feel that. Shipping's ridiculous. I, I make my own hot sauce and yeah. uh, I only do it in the UK because I get a lot of people in the States saying, you ship to the US. I'm like, I'd love to, <laughs> but it, for the right. same reason, exactly. If, yeah, and I was trying to figure out, you know, like again, I, I there is no there is no good answer. But if there was like, all right, why don't all you guys get together and order, you know, like twelve of them, and then you know, you all meet somewhere and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, get them that way, and then it becomes worth a while. So anyway, that's uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the trouble with that. Uh, Dustin, I'll have to get you to order me one from Tim, and when yeah. I come over to the States, hey, just yeah, like, yeah, yeah I'm in the US and, way, and Dean's yeah. in the UK, so we kind of have like a dynamic yeah. here. Um, I actually Perfect. have um, Dean's um, thing for his hot sauce right here. So this is his little <laughs> thing right here. That's awesome. Um, he came over well, to the states we... and he dropped me off a couple, so uh, that's that's how I got those. So yeah, we came over to visit in April. We went to meet Dustin, and we took us around Salem. We went to Salem, incredible place, man. And um, oh, yeah, very cool. Box of hot sauce, and we hung out, man. It was very cool. Yeah, it was yes, a great time. Uh, Tim, I'm curious. Do you attend conventions at all? Yes, I do. It's been uh, uh, we've been doing a, a, a decent number. You know, everybody got shut down there for a while, and yeah. uh, last year was kind of you know everybody was trying to get them going, but you'd go to some shows and they'd be very light on attendance, and you know it was kind of hit and miss. This past year has been pretty crazy and the past three months the past three cons that i've been to have been uh just off the you know off the rails with being full of people and the other uh important part our key part is although it, the places are full you can tell everybody is there and they're relaxed and they're having fun exactly Where in the past it was a little tense and people were tense and you could see they'd be tense with each other and it was just fun you know the, the like i said the last three conventions were just plain all out fun That's so awesome. um yes i try to get it in a perfect world i go out once a month um so um yeah and, and it's it's very fun because it's you know you get to see and talk to people in person and uh i'm always again going back to the same thing i'm always taken back that how many people you know still know goosebumps and still love it and are you know even if you know what's funny is you know i have the backdrop that says you know goosebumps tim jacobus behind it and nobody knows my face and a lot of people don't know like i'm not the headliner at the 
comic convention, you know, yeah. William Shatner is the headliner. And uh, so a lot of people uh, do like the double take. They walk by like, oh, my God, holy shit, it's Ghostbusters. <laughs> Whoa, and, uh, I, I, yeah, my right. book like, I didn't know you'd be here. Are you the, you know, the, the one I get the most is, uh, you know, they're like, oh, oh. Are you the guy? I'm going. Why else would I, you know, why else would I be here? Of course I'm the guy. No, <laughs> I'm just filling hire in for some him. old dude to stand behind the table. And... <laughs> oh man, that's great. That's great. We'd love to get you to the conventions. I'm, I'm a vendor at a lot of conventions over here in the UK, man. We'd love to have you over some. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, you know, uh, the yeah, the other. So now it's fun once you get to the cons. Um, getting there has been a little bit of a challenge this year with, you know, uh, flight cancellations and bags getting lost and, you know, that can, that can put a damper on a, on a weekend, but again, it's all of it's good. You know, I don't want to sit here and complain and say, Oh, you know, Oh my God, you know, it's been a blast. So the next big one I have, or, and it'll be the biggest one is I've never been to the New York comic convention. So oh, uh, I might have to go. <laughs> yeah, that's in October. That's that? a monster. Yeah, that's a real, a real, real monster. Yeah, I live in Massachusetts, so that's not too far away from oh, okay. me. So, yeah, We're about. Um, I live in Taunton, uh, Massachusetts. It's, uh, it's a little south of Boston, about 45 gotcha. minutes. So uh, uh, a little small town, but um, I've been trying to go to more conventions this year. So hopefully I'll, I'll see you around. I was supposed to be in Boston this weekend and uh, uh, there was a, a, an issue. It was um, um, a contract thing, you know, yeah. somebody forgot to send it to me when they sent it to me and I tried to get it back. They already had the slot filled and there, you know, so um, you know, those things happen, but uh, yeah, my sister lives up in Boston. So I was oh, going okay, awesome. to, yeah, I was going to try to do uh you know, a double double hit, but we'll do it at another time. Uh, do you just mainly do um like comic cons, or do you try to do like horror conventions too? Because I think, if- uh, uh, yeah, I, I I'll do horror conventions. Uh, I've only done a couple. Uh, they're always great. You know, um, you would thrive. You would thrive in those more than I think than comic cons. Yeah. yeah sure. So yeah, I'm I'm getting. I'm just starting to figure out who the, you know, who the who are the people people who are running you know the bigger ones the you know and uh um yeah i did one in uh outside of detroit uh astronomicon okay and, yeah i've heard of that one and that yeah it's a it's a smaller one but man it is it was it was the best i mean such a great time wonderful people and uh you know they are their own they are their own society yeah, the, and uh, yeah, yeah uh, lots of fun. Yeah, the, the horror community, because that's like what we're really a part of too. Uh, definitely holds everybody, um, you know, up. We're always there to support everybody. Yes, and yeah, uh, you definitely uh, fall absolutely. in line. So yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it's a, it's, a, it's truly a community. Yeah, so I, I really do thing. hope to see you around um, very, very soon. I'm going to try to get to the work one for sure. There's all right. Some real huge horror conventions over there as well, isn't there? Dustin, like Texas Frightmare. There's a, There's a lot. <laughs> Even yeah, the Texas Frightmare one I've been working on, and I can't get anybody's attention over there. Um, oh, the New Jersey uh, Horror Con. The New Jersey Horror Con's a huge uh, one. Yeah, there was. There, I, I, I think that one's in Cherry Hill. I think. Um, uh, yeah. Again, got close a couple times, but uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. There's so many people who try to get into them. They can't, yeah. it's hard for them to sort through yeah. everybody who bombards them. And, um, you know, a lot of times it's, if you know somebody who's in there, they can get you in, you know. Yeah, exactly. You know, it just takes a little time. That's all. Well, if yeah. you ever go to the UK, Dean will sneak you in. <laughs> all right. Oh, Perfect. yeah, man. Well, that's, as I say, we, I, I, I'm kind of on the whole uh, Comic-Con circuit throughout the whole of the UK. We travel up and down. Up, we was in Scotland a month or so back. I'd love that. Oh, that would be a blast. Uh, I would do that in a heartbeat. So We just come back from Wales this weekend, and the weekend before we was in Manchester, and next week I'm in Hertfordshire. We get all over the place. But, yeah, I've actually kind of know all the people who run the conventions quite well now. So I've been doing it for a few years. 
So yeah, man, if you ever fancy, I can always, all right. All right. <laughs> can always put a word in, man, for sure. You're the goosebumps eyes, man. Yeah, right, they'd love to have you. You guys should do a collab for your hot sauces. That would be freaking awesome, too. <laughs> oh, one, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. <laughs> that kind of leads to another hell question. Yeah. <laughs> as well, Tim, are you still active and, and doing art commissions for other companies? Or are you kind of just doing your sure. own independent art right now? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's independent art. Um, uh, I do illustrate, there's always an illustration on the board. Um, I'm taking care of some pencil drawings right now. Uh, I was on a call today with, uh, uh, somebody who's got a very big name. I can't <laughs> say who it is. Um, and I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but it, you know, it was a nice conversation. So there's always stuff going on. Uh, I also am an art director at a small studio. Um, you know, that's a, you know, that, that helps pay the bills. And I do that on a regular basis as well. So, um, um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, I've been totally blessed that art is what I do. And I do it all the time. And people still want me to do it. And, uh yeah, I, I think that the, the the most current piece that I did that is out there and is cool is uh, R.L. Stein is doing a new graphic novel called The Stuff of Nightmares. Yes, yes, I was reading yeah. up on that. Yeah, and it's for you guys, the you know the grown up Goosebumps horror fans. Uh, I read, you know, like I said, I got a, a condensed version of what it was about, and it's dark and it's it's pretty wicked. And, uh, yeah, I got a chance to do one of the variant covers, and that comes oh, out next yes. month at the end of the month. So, uh, yeah, I'm hoping that uh, that gets some get some traction and we get a chance to do some more. Because, well, I'll uh, be pre-ordering that. Don't worry. I'll probably have order, like, right. three copies. Right. I'll get one for you, Dean. Oh, I, can't, I can't wait <laughs> for that, man. That sounds yes. incredible. Awesome. Have you got any, any advice that you can give for up-and-coming artists who are trying to break through and do illustrating as a kind of full-time career? Any so... I can't give you the, the, this is how you do it. You know, this is a, this is B because every single thing that I had to do when I did it in the, you know, in the eighties, you don't do it like that anymore. It, nothing applies it, from the, you know, all your art was traditional. You stuck it in a portfolio case. You carried your portfolio case into the city and you, you know, you hand delivered everything to where you needed to go. And you, you know, you hope somebody got a chance to look at it. And if you were lucky enough, they'd let you in and you talk to somebody like everything was hands on. Everything was, you know, was, you know, analog and uh, the world doesn't operate that way anymore. Yeah, so um, and I've talked about this before. And it, it's kind of an important point. I was blessed enough that I lived my whole life. I, I've lived around 50 miles outside of New York City. So New York was accessible. So I could get in there physically with my yeah. art in my hand and show people. And if I lived in Pittsburgh, Tim Jacobus doesn't become an artist. You know, like I'm too far away from the business and the fact that, you know, I was able to be inside that imaginary circle around the city um, made all the difference in the world. So, um, but now all those circles have disappeared. You know, the digital world has opened up every market to everyone. So, yes, that's great that you anybody has access to those same book publishers, but anybody has access to those same book publishers. So the numbers are crazy and you have to come up with very clever ways to get people to see your artwork. Um, yeah. So the most important thing that I can say as a piece of advice is treat, treat your art or your music or whatever your pursuit is. I, you know, I don't care if you're, you know, want to be a welder, treat it like it's, it's as important as your health or your diet or whatever that may be. I'm going to use health as the example. If you are a healthy individual, you make sure that you go and you work out every day and you carve out time every day to do that pursuit. 
you have to treat your art the same way. You carve out hours and you say, I'm doing my art and it doesn't have to be a lot. Don't, don't be, you know, don't drive yourself crazy and go, I'm not going to sleep and I'm going to do it for six hours a night, every night. Fuck that. That's not going to work. Make it a reasonable and maybe make it a graduating thing and say, okay, I'm going to do one hour a night, three nights a week, but I can't miss. And again, it's that sense of accomplishment. And once you get that together and you go, all right, that's not too bad. I could do that every day or every day. And now you got, uh, you know, you're getting closer to a, a full day, eight hours in on your art. So treat it that way, treat it with discipline, treat it with respect, and you're going to get better. And the goal is not, am I going to be famous or am I going to be rich? The goal is, are you going to be a better artist? And you will be if you just do that very simple thing. So that's the that's the one that works the best because this truly is a numbers game. Uh, the amount of time that you spend doing it is 100% the reason why you get better. Wow, that's a that's a really really good advice right there. Wow, I never heard of it be put that way. So that's awesome. So hopefully everybody you know can tune into that, and and if that's something they want to do, then just just work off of those building blocks right there, and then you know, exactly. Guys, the limit. It's all steps. Guys, the limit. Uh, I think that's pretty much all the questions I have, Dean. I don't know if you had any that you had left. No, man. That was my that was my final one I had written down. Yeah, yeah this, this was yeah. a blast. I don't Absolute want to keep, keep him too much longer, man. But yes, it's been an absolutely, it's been one of my favorite chats, man. I've really enjoyed oh, it. Thank you. I, I enjoyed it too. Cause uh, you know, we were talking about doing it too, you know, like doing yeah. art, not just, you know, what have I done in the past? So uh, I always like that too. Sometimes we get in the weeds and you start talking about techniques and stuff like that, but that's fun for me. Yeah. That's what I kind of like to do on these is, is like bring you on in a certain topic and then kind of just like go all over the place, you know, keep, right. keep it intriguing. Exactly. So I'm glad that you had a good time and you took some time out of your day to talk oh, to yeah, Dean man. and I, this is awesome. And I really do hope I, I bump into you into, into uh, some yeah. conventions and you get over there with Dean and you rock. The Absolutely. UK. Yeah, yeah. It's like sky's the limit on that too. Go to all the conventions, do everything, <laughs> man. That's, that's oh, your new life. <laughs> love to have you over here man yeah i'll definitely start um start putting the feeders around but yeah that'd be amazing dude yeah. very cool so, uh, thank you so much tim for you know being on and, and chatting with us about goosebumps and yeah. and everything else this was really a blast and i can't wait for the uh the new rl stein book to come out because i do want to see how dark that is i really really do um so uh, it's awesome that you're, you're a part of it so thank you very much and um i guess this is us signing off this is the baron's hideout podcast that was Tim with our new co-host, Dean, for his third episode. This was such a blast. Thank you guys so much, and we'll see you on the next one. Peace out. Thank you for listening to the episode. I, Von Klaus, telling you the upcoming Within the Barons episode next week will be filled with fear as we go into the sewers and dive into what it was like fighting Pennywise with the Kid Loser.